This is Acceptable Vices for July 22nd, 2016. Tonight, alcohol. Hey everyone, this is Acceptable Vices. I'm your happy host, Victor Frost. Tonight, we are perhaps for the first time going to talk about what society would generally refer to as a vice alcohol. On the show tonight, we've got a bevy of experts. First up on the lineup, <laughs> we've got George. Hey, George. Evening, everybody. How's it going? Not bad. It is... Entirely too hot this weekend, oh. but we have central air, so don't, it's all good. Don't even don't even go there about the heat. It's 106 out there right now. Yeah, it's Goodness. gonna be 100. It's gonna be 97 and humid here Ugh. all weekend. Ugh. Yeah, uh, we're, but we're not gonna do it. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, from uh, New York, New York, we've got Nelson, who's uh, just eat, ate something, I suppose. Yeah, I just indulged in a, a vice of my own, which is uh, French fries. Ah, uh, French fries. Uh, curly fries or regular fries? Uh, thick. The thick fries. I don't know what the steak fries. Steak I think fries. I think steak, steak fries, fries is uh, is a thing. Ooh, we should make steak fries this weekend. Mm. Yeah. They're just called chips, you maniacs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some some good old English French chips. Yes. Uh, <laughs> spewing chunder from the land down under. We've got Cherba. <laughs> Hey, I've not broken my streak in quite some time. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you've got a uh, you've got a rather dapper do cherbs. You got a haircut? Yeah, that's why the show's so late this morning because I'm sitting in the barber's chair, like just kind of sneaking my hand up from under the fucking gown, just looking at being like to my fucking barber, like, yeah, sorry, man, hold on a sec, I just got a message from my co-host. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you're listening to the show and you want to see Cherba's dapper do, it actually it is actually a really good haircut. Uh, more of a reason to check out the video stream, apart from the fact that the video actually goes up on the day the podcast is supposed to. (laughs) Uh, I'm not that. (laughs) And the reason George is on the couch tonight, it's Christina. Hello. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me tonight. Ah, thank you for coming on. Chris is is George's significant other, his uh, constant companion in both booze and residence. So, uh, we got the... Huh? And cars. And cars. And cars. <laughs> so we've got a good array of people who, uh, in some form or another, have some expertise or experience in the world of alcohol. So, ladies and gentlemen, let us begin. Tonight is the alcohol fest. So, first and well, foremost, uh, well, I'd like to go. First and foremost, what, what? are you all drinking? <laughs> I am drinking uh, some iced tea uh, because I did not want to dip into the Johnny Walker gold we have, which is presently one of the only bottles of alcohol we have. Gold. Mm. <laughs> yeah, that's probably a waste. Yeah, it does not. It does to me. Uh, my my dad swears he can tell the difference, but to me, I can't tell the difference between Johnny Walker gold and Johnny Walker red. So, eh. 
trust me, you're not the only one. Like, the difference between most of the Johnny Walkers is largely academic. There is a tasteable difference between regular Johnny Walkers and Blue Label. Mm. But to let's be honest, 90% of the difference between regular Johnny Walker and Blue Label is about $150. (laughs) (laughs) Which I suppose comes to one of the first of, I'm sure, many tips we're going to give our our happy audience during the course of this show. You don't have to buy the really expensive stuff to enjoy. And in fact, most people, even really high-end wine critics, have been... In double-blind studies shown to not be able to tell the difference between cheap crap, uh, wine or alcohol, and the super expensive stuff. I remember that, but there was a caveat to that study, and that was, those were the first year, how do you say it? Sommelier. Sommelier. Somalians. Those were the first year Somalians. They they were the the students. The first year Somalians. (laughs) (laughs) Somalians. I don't know. Anyways, so, those are okay. basically the scrubs. They didn't. They weren't actually like finished yet. Ah, uh, they were the fresh meat, huh? Mm. Yeah. Some hell yeah. Some hell yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyways, they were ba- basically the 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 study. The thing was to demonstrate to them how much they had to learn because they were dumb. So it was the first year ass whooping, huh? Yeah, exactly. It was the, the hazing. hazing. <laughs> uh, but I think I mean, even even okay, maybe even if not the 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 super high end some some one more time for us, please. <laughs> sommelier, sommelier. Even among them, um, them aside, rather the average consumer of uh, of alcohol is going to have a hard time telling the difference. Yeah. Yeah. Your average person just, you know, don't worry about price, just fucking drink what you like. So. Exactly. If you like you if you would rather favorite? drink down a ball of Manischewitz, <laughs> go for it. <laughs> so is that just it? Are we done for the night? You know, just no well, no, because because among the I mean, of course, drink what you like, but among what's available, there are differences in taste. I mean, you're going to have, you want to drink a nice chocolate lager, that's going to be a lot different than if you want, than if you want a, a pale ale or a cider. So while we're, while we're discussing the, the differences in here, why don't we go around and uh, give our, our alcohols of choice? Uh, Nelson, why don't you go ahead? What, what's your, what's your, what's your booze of preference? Um, in terms of what I enjoy the most, I'm not sure because my tastes change with the winds. Um, but in terms of what I probably drink the most, uh, I would have to say it's most likely, uh, old over, overholt whiskey, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, Omegang beer because Omegang is local, is a relatively local brewery and they are quite good. Um, they are considered a fancy beer in most parts of the country, but because they're local, I get, um, like a six pack of just whatever is in season and it's fantastic. Cool. Uh, George, what's your, uh, what's your go-to alcoholic beverage? Um, for me, probably a, uh, lager of some kind. My favorite beer well, for one, it's beer is my go-to. Two, my favorite beer is when all the Oktoberfests are in season. Ooh. I love 
that, you know, <laughs> really smooth, not super hoppy beer. That That's my favorite. Uh, tonight I'm drinking gin with bitter lemon, and it's delicious. A simple yet delicious drink. With a pinky up, I saw that. With a pinky up, he's he's got to be he's got I to be I stuck it fancy. off the, the screen. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Chris, what about you? Well, I am drinking the same thing George made two for us, um, mm. but normally I am a beer drinker. Oh yeah. Beers of all shapes and sizes. I tend towards ales. The lagers are more George's jam. Yeah, I must say, that is a familiar mattress in the background of your shot there, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's a thing. Chris has taken <laughs> over George's uh, regular um, studio with studio yeah, in massive air quotes. Um, he's sequestered to the couch tonight yes. so that I could join in. He's on a big Best old... Shot to the death. George lost. <laughs> <laughs> he got Tur- better, obviously. Turbo, <laughs> what, uh, what's your what's your beverage of choice? Uh, at the moment, it is test tea, which I pretty much grabbed because of the name. No, it's <laughs> of course, you did. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not kidding. Because you're <laughs> yes. because we're giant man children. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But yes, it is test tea, unsweetened rose green tea mm. with a double of vodka. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this was the pretty much the only mixer I had in the house, so I'm actually quite liking it. It's quite nice, to be honest. Like the fucking the floweriness kind of takes the bite out of the vodka just enough to make it pleasant. Yeah, I I'm surprised there aren't more mixed drinks with teas. Yeah, it's a bit of a because it's. There's a lot of good variety there, and there's a lot of interesting flavors that can kind of mellow out a lot of other things. I wonder if it anybody's depends. ever tried a uh, a matcha vodka mix. I haven't because I've never had matcha. Ah. But anyway, it it really matcha depends. Matcha tastes uh, a bit like you know wet grass and camel spit. Matcha is delicious. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and wait a minute, how do you know what camel spit tastes like? I'm guessing. I'm venturing <laughs> out on a limb here. I would think of all the things, yeah. That's the only thing it could possibly taste like. I'm not a fan, obviously. <laughs> For me, my um, my alcohol of choice. I'm not really big on on beers or hard liquor, though. There are there are times where I'll enjoy both. But me, I definitely uh, hang more on uh, ciders. So my mm. my go-to drink would be a. Uh, Either a uh, woodchuck cider, where you can get them in those wonderful 16 packs, get a good variety of them, or uh, a Wider's Dry Pear Cider, which is really crisp and refreshing. Pear Cider is interesting. I'm not sure how I feel about it yet, but I've tried a few different ones, and it's it's definitely a unique flavor. The Dry Pear or the Dry Raspberry are, are I think, their two best varieties for Wider's. <laughs> We have a cidery here in Virginia. It's uh, not too far from here. I don't know how long it's been in business, but we just started seeing it on shelves recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, um, what was that, Bold Rock. Bold and they Rock, do a yeah. handful of different ciders, which are fantastic. I'm not normally a cider drinker, but these are nice and uh, they're they're not dry, a little bit tart. I mean, they're not sweet, but a little bit tart. Yeah, I like the dry. peach one a lot. My, the uh, in the pear. Uh, yes, I mean the pear. They don't make a peach one. 
My stepdad actually started making cider, I think, two years ago. They live up in the Catskills. Oh. Um, so, of course, they make cider and <laughs> tap maple trees and have chickens. Um, <clears throat> but the cider that he makes is different than, like, a beerish cider. It is more of, like, a limoncello kind of strong, like, just distilled mm. thing. It's very, it's interesting. It's more like an after-dinner kind of uh, digestif. Uh, uh. Haven't you missed one? <laughs> what? Well, no, to me, that's not really fair, because my, I don't really have a favorite tipple way back when I was but a wee neophyte behind the bar. Fucking going back a few years now. But uh, the guy who taught me basically everything there is to know about bars... Pete Hawthorne, he was basically like, oh, do you have a favorite drink? I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I like a bit of rum, I like a bit of beer. And he's like, not anymore, you don't. You drink everything. You can't be a bartender. Don't drink everything. Because <laughs> you've got to know your product. So now, yeah, pretty much I'll drink anything. Rum, fucking, it's all good. Scrumpy is a favorite. That's always nice. All night to drink scrumpy. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I mean, the, the interesting thing about alcohol is that there is a fair amount of cultural weight behind it. I mean, different sorts of people are supposed to drink different sorts of things. Um, when pressed, if I'm at a bar and they don't have ciders, I'll like naturally gravitate towards what might typically be called a uh, a, a chick drink, you know, like a fruity, overflavored cocktail. So, um, so. Have you guys ever encountered any sort of stereotyping at bars or anything like that, you know, when you go in, you know, to get a drink? Uh, when I was younger. Was your like, was nowadays, a stereotype when you were younger, them refusing to serve you? Oh, no. Quite the contrary, <laughs> actually. Um, so I, I used to wear suits all the time. I still wear them most of the, uh, not most of the time, but when I, when it's cool enough out, mm. um, but every time I would go out drinking before when I was underage, uh, I would just wear a suit because that's the thing I wore out and about. Mm. Um, and it was very strange. Like, I don't think I experienced the, I don't know, like the anxiety of trying to get a drink when you're underage, mm. that, that whole like atmosphere. Um, because I would go up to the bar and order a drink and just, you know, get a drink and then I would be like oh friends do you want a drink and they would be like oh, can I like I'm like if, not if you're acting like that <laughs> <laughs> play cool guys jeez yeah I've, I've um, never been carded in my life <laughs> which which was a source of much anxiety for me when I was younger and I was like now wait a minute shouldn't you be carding me or something I don't look that old do I <laughs> Well, but so, so I think the, uh, going, coming back to the drink, like tropes, um, I think I definitely used to like veer towards more classic drinks, um, just because of the whole aesthetic, like, oh, I'm wearing a suit, I'm wearing a, you know, a hat, I should order a, a whiskey martini, sour or like, something. An old fashioned. Well, I love old fashioned. <laughs> That's a little bit too on the nose there, George. Um, (laughs) one time actually there's a bar up the street from my apartment that's kind of fancy um and i went there on a hot day with uh charlotte and i wanted a mint julep because it was a really hot day and i was like ah you know it'd be super refreshing a mint julep 
And the bartender went behind the counter and, like, you know, rummaged around for, like, a few minutes. And he <laughs> brought out this antique, um, like, ice crusher oh thing. <laughs> I was just like, you know, just, like, crush the ice, whatever. But, but he was, like, grinding up the ice and then, you know, doing it the real way. I was like, oh, this is your, like, this is your specialty, isn't Serious it? Serious business. Like, you're the mint julep guy. Uh, it was quite good. Wow, um, he's better than me. I used to like just get ice and a cl- and like I had a bar towel specifically for smashing ice. Just <laughs> ice in the bar towel, wrap it, give it a spin, and beat the shit out of it on the counter. There's a apparently there's a special type of long, heavy spoon that's really good for uh, crushing ice. Huh? It's specifically I forgot what it's called, but uh, I know my mom actually has one, and it's a like the head is a lot heavier than a normal spoon of that like size. And you just crack the ice and it works perfectly. It's really nice. Oh, fascinating. Apparently you can get like uh, bar spoons with that kind of heavy head on them. I've never seen that before. It's good for whacking drunks. (laughs) 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 Oh no, I have a UB behind the bar for specifically that purpose. Ah. (laughs) Because if you try and cross the bar, old UB comes out and UB fucked. Sure, but I I, I, I want to know this, and you you probably know this better than any of us. Um, a lot of people say that okay, yeah, you want ice that's frozen super quick so it gets really clear, and you know, does does the does how fast the ice is is made into ice matter for drinks? Like, is there kinds of ice that you want to use for different drinks apart from like you know shredded or you know big solid cubes or, or like how does ice play into drinks if it if it does at all well there's a lot of different ways that ice plays into drinks it can be just for cooling it can be to provide extra aeration when you're shaking uh it can be to water the drink down slowly so the taste changes over time there's a lot of different reasons to put ice in a drink but the specific type of ice and how fast it's frozen and things like that most of the time doesn't really matter enough to make a difference like the biggest factor is that like when you're shaking you want small cube ice like the kind that comes out of an ice maker funnily enough uh often with a small dish in the bottom which is also pretty good for that uh and when you are having a drink on the rocks like especially a neat spirit then you want the biggest lumps of ice you can, preferably ball-shaped, like big balls of fucking ice. Ah, uh, the ones that you need. The, the ones that you need that special press to make it into that nice, perfect sphere. Uh, I mean, yeah. you don't. You don't need the press for the sphere, but it makes it clear. <laughs> uh, I forgot exactly how that works, but I believe it is. Uh, it uh, kind of. It brings the air to one side of it, and then you chop it off, right? Something like that? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> so what's like, the basically of the ball shape? Uh, the ball around. shape provides a nice surface so. area and also allows it to turn freely so that uh, like when you move the glass, one side of it is not always in contact because it doesn't flatten out. Huh. And the broader surface area cools the drink more efficiently while transferring less heat into the ice to melt it. So that's yeah, the kind nice. of what that's the one you would use um, is that the kind of the shape of ice that you would use to slowly water a drink down over time like you said? Uh, no, you just use regular ice for that because oh. it actually melts too slowly for that. Oh. 
So you wouldn't but, use uh, that, yeah, for example, uh, with a um, with a uh, God, what's it called a uh, a water whiskey mix. Uh, whiskey and water. Whiskey and water. Well, yeah. Probably not. No, if you're just doing it with whiskey and water, you wouldn't. Like whiskey and water, you just put a splash of water in. You don't mm. bother to wait for the ice to do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be there all fucking night. Scotch on the drink. rocks. You'd want a big ball of ice. Yes, scotch mm. on the rocks. Whiskey on the rocks. Or scotch on the on the rock, as it were. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, and there's also uh, a couple of drinks that people have come up with lately which are actually inside of a sphere of ice and you've got yeah. one ingredient inside of a sphere of ice and that's hollow on the inside right and then you've got another ingredient surrounding it and it comes with this tiny little hammer and you break the ice ball with the hammer and then give the glass a spin and it all mixes and that is a pretty cool way to serve a cocktail though it is way too time intensive for anybody. <laughs> that is so far off its own ass right. it's ridiculous it's one of those things you'd serve in a really high class place where people are paying a lot of money for drinks and don't mind waiting but yeah. in your average bar no fucking way too expensive yeah. what about the bars themselves I mean there's a lot of um, when I was first taking some friends out for drinks and stuff there was some of my friends had anxieties about you know what kind of bars they would go to and while others had very clear preferences of what kind of places they liked what do you think what kind of bar presents like the smallest barrier to entry in terms of um personal anxiety among patrons well that's pretty easy your local rsl what the hell's an rsl uh return servicemen's league or there's also sporting clubs and workers clubs mm-hmm. they're basically like um i'm trying to think of it what the american equivalent would be but it's kind of like uh just kind of an average restaurant you know steaks and schnitzels and regular stuff well you mean like uh like a with bar a and small, grill yeah it's basically like just a very simple bar and grill with like a small area where they'll sometimes have entertainment usually some poker machines sitting around hmm Poker machines. Things like that. Yeah. Oh, wait, that's not a big thing in the States to just have poker machines fucking everywhere. No, <laughs> no. I mean, if it's any sort of gambling, it's um, it's the lottery where you can go and do uh, put in your numbers. Oh, Kino. But Kino, yeah. If, 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 if yeah. at all, really. Marking off the uh, boxes 1 to 100, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fun facts, I also used to have my gambling license as well as my fucking oh. RSL, so... Many things, I know... <laughs> I'm a, I'm a hospitality fucking monster. So, in New York City, I would classify uh, different levels of bar mm-hmm. into a few different classifications. And let me know if these classifications are the same in other places. Um, so, at the lowest level, there's the dive bar. And sometimes it's a biker bar, and sometimes it's, uh, you know, it's just like a regular neighborhood dive bar. Hmm. Um, right above that is I don't know if this exists in other places but the dog dive bar where people bring their dogs because that is the dive bar where you can bring your dog and hang out with dogs (laughs) Um, I I have no doubt such a thing exists here in California but I've not seen one that's not a thing I've ever seen really they are literally every neighborhood in Brooklyn has at least one <laughs> dive bar where people bring their dogs. That sounds excellent. It it's does. really great. Um, then there's the pub, which is sort of like maybe you get some food, maybe you get some drinks, you know, mm-hmm. bar bar food. Uh, 
and then there is the bistro pub, which really just mm-hmm. means it's a slightly more expensive pub. Right. Um, then we have the cocktail bar, which is usually. But a, Nelson, what about the gastro pub? Gastro pub and bistro pub are basically. <laughs> they're basically the same thing. Yeah. They're both basically just a pub with food and pretensions of grandeur. Yeah. <laughs> uh, cocktail bars might be like cozy places, like the place up the street from me. Um, they might also be what are known in New York as banker bars, where the bankers hang out. Uh, and those are actually not very good uh, bars, um, partially because of the, the you know other bar patrons, but mostly because they are extremely overpriced, but not actually very good. Um, so we actually had in uh, in Richmond, where I went to college, uh, there was a bar there called The Bank. And it was an old bank that they had converted mm-hmm. into a martini bar, which was yeah. actually pretty excellent. That's and a weird... The, oh, sorry, go on. <laughs> yeah, the basement, they'd turned into a club. It was a separate, you know, entity. They had different events going on, and that was called The Vault. And it was... I never went down there. It was scary foam room, flashy lights, things going on. <laughs> but it was really cool in the bank. Hmm. That is a weird. No bankers there, interestingly though. No bankers. Lots of ad in, men. <laughs> in my city, there, there was actually a nightclub called the Bank, which really? was built into an old bank vault. <laughs> 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 and they had the whole same sort of thing going on. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, that's weird coincidence. Huh. It was right across from uh, right across from RGs for all those literally no people who know what I'm talking. <laughs> no, um, uh, maybe Prad. Maybe Prad knows what you're talking about. Actually, Prad might. Yeah, yeah. he might. He's, he's been out in the valley a fair bit. Yeah. Uh, yep. The bank was right downtown. It was it was right in the old financial district. So everything else was closed there. There was nothing else in the neighborhood. So if you wanted like a snack after your martinis, you were SOL. But (laughs) what? There's there's no dodgy kebab shops. No, no. No You had to walk half a mile. Believe it or not, Chuba. Station pie. Nothing. There was absolutely nothing. Believe it or not, Chuba. In most places in the United States. Most places in the United States do not have a persistence of 24-hour things. Okay, so first you're telling me no democracy sausages. Now you're saying no 2 a.m. dodgy kebabs. I know, yeah. man. And you I want know. to try and tell me you live in a civilized fucking country? <laughs> no, man, well, I'm telling I, you. That's why the only place to the big cities. The only places around me within, like, 5 or 10 <laughs> miles that are open 24 hours is Denny's. Um, It'll do. Some, yeah, not. Oh, speaking of which, oh. one of my favorite places to drink in town is this place called Pancake Manor. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Denny's do- the Denny's doesn't serve alcohol. Yeah, but Pancake mm. Manor does. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, one thing that Just don't get fucking rat shit meat pancakes. <laughs> One thing that is uh, unique on the East Coast compared to the West Coast of mm. the United States. It's the uh, and I'm not sure if it's just a sort of northeast Whoa. thing or if it's actually Nelson. Down in the Nelson, south, w- one more time, you came in like a robot there. I am a robot. Um, <laughs> one of the one of the things that's unique on the East Coast, um, is, I mean, there's a few of them on the West Coast, but 24-hour diners um, and yeah. a handful yeah. of them. Yeah, it's mostly a New Jersey thing. Yeah, New Jersey, New York, uh, 
a little bit in New England. Um, is it not? Do they not really have those in the South? Uh, we get a couple no, of those here and there. We've got one in the small town where I work, uh, and it's dodgy as hell. It's been there for <laughs> decades. Um, well, the dodgy ones tell- are the, the good ones. Yeah, yeah, I hear tell that it just got a makeover, and everyone's really weirded out by it because we've all been <laughs> used to going into this creepy-ass trailer with a long grill, and now there's, like, TVs and stuff. I haven't mm. been in since they made it over. You've um, made it better, and now it's bad. <laughs> now it's awful. Now no, everyone's paranoid. <laughs> but, yeah, we don't have too many of the 24-hour diners around here. Nelson, is no. there anything above the, uh, the the cocktail, the fancy banker bar? Um, Sort of. So there is there's two things above that uh at least in price um there is the quote-unquote speakeasy um which in some cases is actually like a nice neighborhood cocktail bar like there's a place called the clover club um that serves kind of pre-prohibition uh cocktails wasn't that the name of that nightclub in the mask no, no, I'm thinking of the. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's not super expensive, but it's that kind of like, oh, this is a 20s place. Well, we like the 20s. Um, and then there are the ones that are Ooh, actually, actually quite expensive. Uh, and you have to dial a specific number to get in. Ooh. Um, and you don't, they don't have menus. You just tell them. And this is a real thing. This is not like a. a parody thing uh you have to tell them like three words that describe what kind of drink you want uh and they will make you that drink uh, that's and like, that sounds like the drm on old 90s dos games you have to know the special codes in the manual to get the game to work oh yeah well you have to know the special codes to get in and then once you're in you have to say something like bitter angry uh, lemon. Tango, tango, unchain the hot petunia. Actually, bitter angry lemon sounds like it would be a great drink. <laughs> um, I think if someone took me there, I would probably, like, at the for the entry number, I'd probably try and type 86752309, and then when they ask for my drink, I'd tell them to suck my dick. <laughs> I think I'd march right out with Cherba, too. Fuck this. What wanky bullshit is this? I mean, no offense, uh, man, but serious. That's just too much. Um, there is a type of bar that I don't know if this fits into your your the uh, the Pecora's hierarchy of bars, um, but it's the uh, the theme bars. You know, like the like a cowboy like where they do like cowboy <laughs> bars where they do square dancing and stuff like that. They come so in we actually we, we don't have a lot of those in New York, or at least I haven't been to a lot of them. Um, where, where does a sports bar fit on this? A sports bar is like a pub. It's an American pub. Yeah. Hmm. Because because Wait, a pub more. is where like British people go to watch their sports. They don't have sports. They have cricket. And 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 football. Um I guess I guess oh shit. No. There is a themed bar that I went to. Oh my god. I I just had a flashback to it. It was horrible. Um <laughs> I went out drinking with a friend, and she was like, let's go to this uh, tiki bar. And I was like, oh, okay, I haven't, I haven't been to a tiki bar a in tiki uh, many bar. years. Yeah, I didn't think that was still a thing, but we went there, and they 
didn't have a floor. They had sand. And I could not deal. What? <laughs> I walked in and I just walked out. I was like, there is sand all over the floor. Wait, they had uh, sand inside a building? Yes. It was, was like a Brooklyn street and then you go inside and then it's sand, which for people that are really into that sounds like it would be great. You know, take off your shoes and you're on the beach. But the for me, where the sand is literally the worst part of going to the beach, uh, uh, I could not deal. It is. No, Thank I, you. I'd, do that. I'd, I'd go there. That sounds brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it's, for people that enjoy <laughs> it, I'm sure it's amazing. For and people who the enjoy the beach, good. yes. 10 out of 10 for sticking to the theme, too. Yeah, yeah I mean, they, they had the whole... They had the torches, they had the thing. Uh, I think I would have enjoyed it if it wasn't sprung on me. Like, I can do a themed situation if I know ahead of time, like, hey, yeah. this is what you're getting into. Okay. All right, I'm wearing flip-flops tonight. Got yeah. it. Um, but if you just uh, like, uh, oh, let's try this place. Oh, there's no floor. Okay. There's no floor. You've got to cling to the walls with climbing equipment. <laughs> uh, you know what's a weird thing that Cherba might not be familiar with is um, sort of not fake, but uh, maybe not entirely accurate British pubs in America. Oh, no, no. I've seen a few of those. <laughs> they're, they're something. Well, well, wait a minute. Something. Hold on a second. <laughs> what do you mean? Like, uh, there's one in Rochester called the Old Toad. Um, that sounds like the name of a British pub. Well, yeah, that's what they want you to think. Yeah. yeah. Um, although, to be fair, in, in the Old Toad's defense, the, the entire interior was shipped over from England, and they only hire English people to work really? there, which is probably illegal. Yeah, uh, sounds a little illegal. But, but it makes me feel better about the... The authenticity of what they're sets up the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah. Um, No, most of them are just like trussed up in a lot of wood and like pleather crap. Yeah, English flags strung up everywhere, and they get slightly too enthusiastic about (laughs) football in a way that English people don't really get. (laughs) I don't actually think there's an upper limit on how uh, enthusiastic. English people get about football, though. I don't know. I watched oh, no, the no. world. I've watched the World Cup, and people, people get pretty enthusiastic. It's it's not so much a upper limit. It's more that there's like this gap in the middle. It's like they kind of go and they reach a certain level of enthusiasm, and they stay there until they win or they lose one of the two, and then suddenly it jumps from there to let's have a fucking riot. Mm-hmm. It's like a capacitor of enthusiasm. Let's it's got to charge up before it releases. <laughs> um, what about? Uh, well, I actually, I got, I got a question. What have you guys like experienced as like a warning sign for a bad bar? As soon as the bartender is throwing a bottle somewhere behind the bar. Yes. He's tossing it, doing acrobatics, oh. do a 180 and walk out of there. Not, you mean you don't love the whole cocktails and dreams thing? Not even a little bit. <laughs> okay, yeah. Flair yeah. bartending, it has a place. It definitely has a place. And that place is competitions for flair bartending. If you want to <laughs> flair bartend at an actual working bar, 
You're a fucking idiot. Bartender, <laughs> not a fucking juggler, not a fucking circus clown. Do your fucking job. <laughs> <laughs> um, neon in any place that is not explicitly a dive bar. Like, if I go into a place and it's like, yep, this is a dive bar, and I see some neon, I'm like, okay, this is acceptable. <laughs> uh, Exception, cyberpunk themed nights or themed bars. I have not. I need to. F- oh. I need to see if there's a cyberpunk bar near me now. It's not a cyberpunk bar, but there is a bar uh, a ways away in Brooklyn uh, that has a TARDIS inside of it. That the TARDIS wow. is actually the place to go to the bathroom. <gasps> there is a cyberpunk bar. We have a little. Uh, they call it a nano brewery here in Manassas that opened. When did that open up, George? Two years ago? No, uh, longer than that. Uh, their their name is Bad Wolf, named after Bad Wolf in Doctor Who, and uh, and their their toilet door is also painted like a TARDIS. It's just painted, nothing fancy or anything like that. But it's a cute little. I mean, it's just a tiny little storefront that they turned into their own little bar. It I've never heard funny of Nano <laughs> It's just basically dudes who are home brewing, and then they were like, "Hey, we need somewhere for people to sit down. Yeah, let's get no, a storefront." It's like, we need some place to actually brew our beer. Let's get a storefront. <laughs> uh, where are we going to put people? There's actually, uh, oh, well, there was a place in town called the Brew House, and they were a little upstairs walk-up bar. And they actually used to have, and they bought the space originally as a place to brew beer to sell to other bars, and then they're like, wait a minute, why don't we just set up a bar? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so they put the bar like the same place that they were brewing the beer like they had these massive tanks and fucking everything else just hanging around and bubbling and popping and stinking and doing the usual beer stuff mm-hmm. yeah it was pretty good yep I think I think one big warning sign for a bar is when you walk in and suddenly everybody turns and looks at the door unless it's unless you've walked into cheers where everybody knows your name <laughs> I've been to that I've been to that location and it is nothing like that completely predictably but it's it's new i watch i i I draw off a personal experience when i say when everybody turns and looks at you because i was in la and i was waiting to meet a friend at their apartment um and i I just i see this little plate i see this little bar it's nighttime when people go to bars i see this bar maybe i'll walk in and have a drink i push in the door and then like everybody turns and looks so at that point, I didn't even hesitate. I did a 180 and walked right out. Uh, oh, you know what my biggest warning sign with bars is? Mm. Loud music. Ah, because I I am an old man. <laughs> if I go to a bar, well, okay, actually no. In almost any situation, unless I am going to go dancing at this place, if the music is loud enough that I can't talk with anyone mm. yeah. i'm just like nope not not doing this that is like all the fucking restaurants and bars around here it drives me up the fucking wall i'd say yes if it's just regular like piped in music uh i'd say oh, yeah no, no live music's completely live different. music yeah. is fine yeah. Li- yeah live music it's got to be loud yeah so. yeah so, um, my biggest warning sign is if you see and normally you do have to try and order a drink before this happens, but <laughs> if you see a bartender scooping ice with a glass, 
fucking don't even 180 like fucking 360 and moonwalk out of that motherfucker don't pay for your drink don't, that you've ordered that they scooped with fucking the glass or nothing just fucking evacuate immediately yeah what's wrong with scooping the ice with the glass well what do glass and ice have in common They're both transparent precisely so if the glass breaks or chips in the, oh. ice, in the ice well, or if someone else's has at some point in the evening, because mm-hmm. you can bet they're not just doing it with your drink, that <laughs> means that there's tiny shards of ice adhering to, uh, tiny shards of glass, sorry, <laughs> adhering to the ice in the ice well. And yeah. do you know what a piece of broken glass does to your esophagus? Nothing yeah, you want to have happen to you, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. And mm. if they're that lax about food and drink safety, then you don't want them handling your food and drink. No, that that's it's it's a pretty good warning sign that I have fucking bollocked bartenders for that, like obviously ones that I was working with, not just ones in random bars. <laughs> so I have been tempted on occasion, but no, I have bollocked fucking bartenders that I've been training or I've been working with about that till they sweated fucking spinal fluid. That is the <laughs> biggest no-no. Do not fucking do that. I will take you out the back and fucking introduce you to Mr. Hosey. Uh, uh, I think um, keeping an eye... The smell of a bar. That's another good warning sign. There's this place near the Denny's that I typically go to. It's called... And I will give them this. The name of their bar is pretty fucking clever. It's Lee's Number 4 Cocktails. So if you ever want to tell anybody where you're going and say, oh, yeah, I'm going to Lee's for cocktails, I think that's a fantastic mm. name for a bar. But you walk into that bar, it is, it just smells like, not like, not like alcohol, but alcohol-laden sweat. That's what it mm. just smells like in there. I walked, I was, uh, walked out. I walked out of the bar. I was going to the Denny's because I had to poke my head in there at once just to see what's going on in there. Um, And I went to Denny's and I see some people walk straight from Lee's. This is like at 2.30 in the morning. Straight from Lee's into the Denny's. And uh, two girls talking to each other like, I can't believe we went to that bar. Like, yeah, that's a bar that you go to get date raped at. Jesus. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. If you can smell the bar from the outside, probably avoid it. Yeah. Mm. Unless you're into that sort of thing, oh, I well, guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like every one of these, every one of these things come well, except for ice and glasses, comes right. with a caveat of like, unless you're into that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, let's see. So, what are you? Um, how much effort? How much effort do you guys put into like learning specific recipes for drinks? First of all, how many of you guys are are, are into cocktails? Sure, but you, you've had to learn this stuff, so... <laughs> Actually, I'm terrible at memorizing cocktail recipes. Really? <laughs> yeah. We have yeah, technology like, nowadays where you can find any cocktail recipe <laughs> from any era of human history uh, instantly. Well, the problem is knowing a good one. Because yeah, like, like, anyone could tell you how to cook something, but you want to know, you want... You know, Gordon Ramsay's recipe or Alton Brown's recipe. You don't want, you know, my recipe. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, I can tell a good recipe from a bad recipe. I can tell what's going to taste like what. I, I can mix it expertly because I've been doing it for years. I can do it in my sleep. 
but I can't remember the numbers. The pro- like off the top of my head, no, no chance of remembering the numbers. Mm. Yeah, five to one vermouth to gin ratio <laughs> might not be the the recipe you want. <laughs> but Unless it's like, you're really uh, into that. A margarita, <laughs> like a margarita, can you know live or die on how it's mixed. Mm. So, so uh, and most people like have no idea how to make a good margarita. Most of them are just sugary crap. On that, I know exactly how to make a margarita. I, Ready? Okay, go ahead, Nelson. You walk up the street to a place <laughs> called Meaty Meaty, and you ask them for a margarita, and they'll make you one. <laughs> I like Nelson's recipe. Yeah, actually, that's that's our recipe. We walk that's across the, the street and we order a pitcher, and then we stumble home. <laughs> but. <laughs> We haven't done that in a while, have we? Nope, it's been a while. There is uh, there is one little secret. Hmm. See this little blue book with the red pen? Mm-hmm. This book has been in every bar I've been to around the world with me. It has got every drink I learned in it. Well, what's it called? Blue book. It's called my fucking bar book. <laughs> oh, I thought you meant like it was like... like me and everybody I know who's who's worked in like a machine, who's worked in like a, a building shop, you know, building stuff. They all have that little black book with all the conversion tables in it and everything like that. I thought it was like a book like that. No, this is my little black book. <laughs> my little black book has donut shops. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even kidding. <laughs> No, no, no. I have a similar book. It's the the 24-hour donut shops here in L.A. Yeah. Which is partially responsible for why I'm going to the gym. (laughs) That was a constant source of birth for some of my enforcers at the last PAX, was other guys have a little black book filled with girls' phone numbers. Mine is filled with donut shops. (laughs) (laughs) But no, like, Uh, this is just where I keep every recipe I learn. Like, if someone says, hey, can you make me this? And, like, has a recipe in their head or like oh I know this or like I get a good drink at a bar because the bartender's like oh fucking here have one of these Mm. I write it down in the book in my horrible spidery handwriting (laughs) so no one can steal your recipes I can barely steal my recipes (laughs) (laughs) yeah like Breeze's, Bourbon Renewals, Au Pairs Modified Shirley Temples fucking tomato daiquiris popcorns, Mm. purple Martians Tomato daiquiri? French pussy ticklers. <laughs> I got fucking everything in here. A couple I've made myself. Yeah. This is this has been my best friend, and it is also not the first one because it's one of those like things where you can put another notebook in here once uh, the previous notebook's done. So I've been filling notebooks for quite some time. So we've got I about... Also uh, collect, uh, I also collect old bar books like other people collect fucking vinyl records <laughs> so, uh, so we got about 10 minutes left in the show um, what kind of drinks would uh, well let's start with this what kind of drinks would you guys recommend to uh, to a uh, someone who hasn't uh, shall we say imbibed in, uh, in, in alcohol before what are good introductory drinks wine I would try a wine a red a lighter red wine and a beer, maybe an ale? Yeah. Like a, can we, can we maybe go a bit yeah. into specifics, perhaps, so they don't just go into a store and say, that's a wine? 
Go go <laughs> to your supermarket, pick a yell a yellowtail. Have yes. one of those. Nice. If you like the way that tastes, try others of that variety. If you don't like it, try a different yellowtail. Yeah. Okay. Cherba, recommendation from you? Um huh. Oh, I have a very important tip. Go on. Oh. Um so a few many years ago, well not very many years ago, when I was in college, um some friends and I went out to karaoke and uh, apparently none of my friends had ever had sake before. Oh. And so they got it in the, the, the little cups, as you do, mm-hmm. and they thought they were shots. <laughs> <laughs> so my tip to you... Sucker. Well, just because it's in a little cup doesn't mean it's a shot. That's right. <laughs> right. Sip, sip it. Doesn't mean uh, it's not. <laughs> Literally, all of them, like, shot it back, and I was just like, what the fuck are you doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, uh, my, my little bit of advice is that um, is that and this is if you really want to experiment with, with alcohol um, I would say set aside uh, about um, 10 or 20 dollars I would say even a month if you want to go if you want to go quicker than that maybe like 10 or 20 dollars a week and um Go and just get something from like go, go to Bevmo and go tr- pick pick something you haven't tried before. Um, for me, for me, I I know that I like cider, so I'll pick up. Oh, hey, look, this company's putting out a is putting out a seasonal cider. Let's let's try that one, or you know, let's try this weird bottle that I've never seen before. And you can build, you can pretty quickly determine. You know what things you like, what things you don't like. There's a cider company called uh, Julian's, and their stuff tastes terrible. Um, there's a, a cider company called uh, uh, Wandering Agus, and their st- their ciders taste like how candles. Uh, think, basically, tastes like what a Yankee candle smells like. Um, that sounds awful. It is awful. Yes. A note on crazy uh, bottle art. Yeah. Uh, crazy bottle art is actually take a chance on it because it's mm. either really bad or it's sometimes very good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, also, I, I second that. Yeah. I would recommend if you go into a place like around here, we have Total Wine. That's where you get all the wine and all the beer. Mm. People are going to come up to you and ask you if they can help you find anything. Ask them, yeah. say, hey, I'm looking for blah, or I'm new to wine, what would you recommend I start with? Mm-hmm. And they're not going to like try and sell you the $100 bottle of wine to start off. They're going to be like, oh, come over here to the $10 and $15 section. Try yeah. one of these or one of these. These are good. And occasionally, stores like that will have uh, tastings. Uh, so that's yeah. a great way to get introduced to new kinds of These people stuff. literally sell you know alcohol for a living and they want you to come back so mm-hmm. yeah they're, they're there to help you um once you've tried a few things uh google the word digestif um because there are some interesting flavors that you may really like or really hate uh, <laughs> and it is basically random like what kind of person likes what kind of flavors um i personally am very into amaro Mm. Um, which is sort of a oh, what is it? 
it's not boysenberry. It's um, I'm literally looking it up because I cannot remember. <laughs> uh, aperitif, not just digestive, not just de- yeah, digestives, but aperitifs are good too. They're a good way to you know, good little thing, uh, snackish kind of drink to have before a meal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, aperitif before, digestive after, which. Oh. It's in the name, or you'd suspect. If, if you speak French. <laughs> Another thing I'd recommend is if you want to drink on the cheap, and this mm. is after you get sort of more experience with what you like and don't like, <laughs> give box wine a try. Yeah. Oh, yeah, space bag. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah man. You box can't beat the humble goon bag. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Here's what you do. You, take some, you get some box wine, you decant it for like half an hour, and it'll taste really good. And the best part of, the best part about box wine is because you're not introducing air into the bag, the like the wine just comes out. Yeah, keeps forever. It keeps for a month and a half. Mm-hmm. You want another uh-huh. trick where you don't have to wait a half an hour? Sure. Uh, go nuts. Blender? Yep, you either stick it in a blender, <laughs> or even better, you get like a bowl or something like that, and then get a stick mixer and just... <laughs> <sorry. laughs> just bubbles in your wine. Get a straw out. Wine hacks. <laughs> 30 seconds of aeration with that is the equivalent to 30 minutes of sitting on the fucking countertop doing nothing and not being, not being getting you drunk. Yep. But Cherba, what if you <laughs> bruise the wine... <laughs> what does that even dish? mean? <laughs> we should really talk about how to taste uh, specifically wine and whiskey because there is a there is a way to do it properly. And there's probably a few ways to do it properly, and there's a a few ways to do it not so properly. Sure, go ahead. Yeah. Do you um, want to take wine or whiskey, Nelson? We'll do one each. I will do uh, whiskey because I remember it best and it's probably wrong so you will come in later and correct me <laughs> probably only a little uh. um so the way i learned which is again probably wrong uh is the you have it in something where you can actually you know smell it but they're not overpowered um a and we're not sneaker? even going to get into different types of glasses because Oh god no! I could do no. a whole show on that. <laughs> um, but you have well, it, we're doing acceptable vices next week. Why not? <laughs> um, you like stir it a little bit. I don't think that actually does anything, but it might. Um, <laughs> uh, and then you release the air out of your mouth, so you don't have a like a bunch of air, like a mouth air pocket. Uh, and then take a sip, and then kind of feel it like go around and don't, then, don't squish it like mouthwash don't do yeah, that don't squish it like mouthwash <laughs> or do because that would be hilarious yeah um and then you swallow it and then you slowly breathe in some people say through your nose because it kind of makes a light nice little feeling um but i am told that the lack of air allows you to taste it better without uh kind of the alcohol burn um but you want that kind of at the end as a little like oof. Yeah, I say uh, I say in through your nose and just part your lips slightly and get a little bit of air in that way as well. Mm-hmm. Just so you've got air circulating around in your mouth as well. But other than that, yeah, like uh, the only other things I'd add to that are the swirl is basically just to kind of open it up a bit. 
just uh, move the gases around in the glass. Glasses, ideally, you want something that's a bit bulbous. If you've got nothing else, a red wine glass will do. Mm. It looks weird, but it works. <laughs> I come very traditionally. We use uh, like regular, uh, like old-fashioned but tumblers, smaller, like yeah, a juice glass. Yeah, like a little like juice, eight ounce juice glass. Yeah, a little eight ounce. Well, maybe a little smaller than that, but for wine, uh, mm. none of these fancy, you know, no cognac wear. glasses or. Don't use a martini glass, though. That's too open. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's I not love... a glass. If you're swirling, a martini glass isn't a glass. It's a ramp. I love all <laughs> cocktails in cocktail glasses, but the straight martini glasses, I cannot deal with. Um, <laughs> you know what the, the best kind of cocktail glass is? Oh. It looks like a martini glass, but it kind of curves up. Oh, a coupe. Your champagne yeah. glass? No, champagne glasses. That's a no, flute. You don't want that. Yeah, no, it's, no, no. A, it's a wider. It, people flat. do use those for for champagne, yeah. though. You're right. Yeah, it's, it's champagne glass it's before the flute's a, fashion. It's literally called a coupe glass. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're well, they're pretty good. Chabonos. Yeah, Chabonos mm-hmm. everything. You'll get used to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's taking me. It's taken me a while, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Trevor, what about the uh, what about wines? Good tasting well, tips for wines. Coming from a traditional Australian family, first you take the bag out of the box, <laughs> <laughs> hook it into then the IV, get, and be careful about the vein. Att- <laughs> then you attach it to the clothesline. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, uh, okay, the thing with wine tasting is it seems very complex because people try and get a bit theatrical with it, but mm-hmm. it's very simple. You want to be looking at three things. The look of it, the smell of it, the taste of it. When you see someone hold the glass up to the light on a bit of an angle, they're kind of just looking at the color of it, like how opaque it is, and they're looking at how it sticks to the glass when they move it back into posi- into a usual position. You don't need to worry about that so much because you're not a professional wine taster and it doesn't fucking matter what it looks like as long as it tastes good. <laughs> But smell, kind of important. Like, let it warm in your hand a little bit if it's red wine. If it's white wine, then it's okay cold. But uh, but please don't chill your white wine with ice, you fucking heathens. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my aunt does that, and it makes my skin crawl every time she does it. She does anything to Laura? Did you see her pour yes. the spray in it at... Uh, what? When were we at, their dinner, at the house yes. for dinner last? She put spray in it. Oh, my God. That was right? Easter. <laughs> But, uh, you know yeah. what though here's the thing there's something to be said for people drinking their alcohol the way they fucking want to drink it yeah that's true yeah. no swirling no sniffing no i hate whiskey i hate rum i hate it well any any hard liquor i do not like drinking them straight i will mix vodka with things i will mix them with anything but i do not drink them straight because they're just awful Yes, but uh, anyway, much yeah. like the whiskey, you give it a swirl to open it up a bit. Just breathe out for a moment, then small sniff, yeah, a little bit. Just, you know, get rid of that after, give it a few seconds, have another sniff, yeah, fair enough. And if you like the smell of it, which you probably will, because well, let's be honest, wine smells pretty good if mm-hmm. it's a decent wine. Yeah. Just uh, have a taste. Don't gulp it. Just have a bit, a decent bit of a sip. 
enough to coat your tongue and everything else. Just like, mm, yeah, you know, that feels good. Mm. Just let it roll around in your mouth a bit and then swallow it. Don't spit it out because what are you, a fucking animal? <laughs> oh, I have a, a funny wine story when, we're, when you're done. And uh, basically once all that's done, if it tastes good, uh, yeah, good times. <laughs> yeah, grab the bottle. Yeah, grab a bottle and fucking drink straight from that. I mean, if my 80-year-old grandmother doesn't need glasses, neither do I. <laughs> Uh, I've Actually, got, uh, no, that used to be my old party trick. Was uh, was my old party trick was I'd open a party by like fucking cranking the top of a bottle of champagne with my thumb, just like bang, and then fucking just necking a bottle of champagne. <laughs> <laughs> just cheap yellow tail swill, but oh fuck! Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Did you ever see that? Uh, did I ever send you that video of that guy who who necked the bottle of uh, Jack Daniels? <laughs> Oh shit! Wow. Jack Daniels tastes like fucking sadness in a bottle. No wonder there's so many. I'll tell you what, though. I tell you what, though. It makes a fantastic barbecue based. Oh yeah. See, here's the thing. Every alcohol, no matter how good or bad, has fucking value. Someone Mm. likes it somewhere, and it has some sort of purpose behind a bar, like Jack Daniels. If you're drinking it neat, you, I, well, that's your taste, but I don't agree with it, and you're probably wrong. I just went to a fancy, fancy party with, like, fancy French professors, like, they taught at the Sorbonne, and at the end of the party, uh, at the end of the, like, the dinner thing, they were like, oh, we don't have, we're low on alcohol, so here are some very exquisitely crafted whiskey glasses and Jim Beam. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, man. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, freaking, it still has its place in mixed drinks because mm-hmm. it's actually a surprisingly good mixer because it doesn't have any sort of seriously distinct flavor of its own to get overwhelmed or to overwhelm anything else while still retaining that same taste of that type of liquor. Yeah. It's like Tim Payne. <laughs> yes. <laughs> But here's the important thing. Don't hang shit on people for drinking what they fucking like. Don't let people hang shit on you for drinking what you fucking like. Drink whatever you like. Well, within a reasonable amount. We're not encouraging (laughs) overindulgence. No, no, please. (laughs) But still, like, or, you know, don't break the law or anything. But other than that, within the bounds of good taste and the law, drink whatever you like, however you like, whatever you like. It doesn't Mm -hmm. fucking matter. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's your fucking taste buds that you have control over and are fucking yeah. servicing. Not all these other fucks who are sitting around judging you because you got this fucking fruity thing that comes in a fish bowl with 48 <laughs> fucking umbrellas and a curly straw. If it yeah, tastes good make you, fun of- you fucking drink it. And you know what? If you're listening and you are and you're sitting there thinking to yourself, well, yes, of course, and these are all wonderful tips. But some drinks are just garbage, and people are garbage for drinking them. It's okay. It's okay to not like things, but don't be a <laughs> dick about it. No. Yeah. No. Remember if when we you like about- Bud Light strawberry margaritas, you oh, are wrong and no. you should feel bad. George. You know, remember when I talked about banker bars? No. <laughs> Guess where I don't go? Banker I bars. I don't go to banker bars. Right. I let them live in their bridge and tunnel, gross uh, uh, Jägermeister pounding, uh, uh, Red Bull infused delirium. 
and I go off and do my fruity cocktails and my like uh, I don't know drinking a single beer after getting out of work and then being like whoa I am tipsy I should go to bed or eat something yeah I'd like you know yeah. no. if you like Bud Light Limeritas you're just wrong I'm sorry really the biggest tip I can give when it comes to alcohol is be fucking courageous and I don't mean four beers in talk no. to that girl that two beers ago over by the over there that you thought was a mutant like not that kind of courageous not Dutch courage but just have some a bit of spine and a bit of adventurousness to yeah. go out and try different things you never know mm. man you might like mm. all sorts of different shit and you'd never find out if you never tried it and you know what even if you're hesitant about being adventurous the first time once you try something new once, it's a lot easier to go out and try other new things. Because yeah, either because you're, you're drunk. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is that once you open up to new flavors once, you'll find out that exploring new tastes isn't scary. For whatever reason, people think exploring new tastes is scary. Personally, I'd love to try you know, something I've never tried before. Yeah, like if you buy a drink and you hate it, you can't stand it. You know what you've lost? Like ten bucks, if at most. You, but you, well, what you've gained so is now you know never to have that again. There you go. Because knowledge is power. <laughs> oh yeah, and if and if you're going to do uh, a shot of anything higher than uh, eighty proof sit down or have like a place where you can sit down a fainting couch yeah have a have a have a have a spotter yeah that's it <laughs> oh. ah. and uh on that note thank you guys this has been a fantastic show i'd say this is for for a topic that i thought was going to be kind of a floof this has actually been kind of a very good show uh, well, so, yeah, dude, I could literally teach a class on this, man. I mean, I. Well, do, do I you want to do you, you want to talk more about alcohol next week? Because we do have another episode of Acceptable Vices to do. We can, but let's focus more on Dumbo's stories next week and things yeah. like that. Because mm. we never got to the super fun parts of Dumbo's stories. Yeah, we'll Dumbo's stories are great. We'll we'll try and corral Pete in because he's a maniac. Oh <laughs> wow, yeah, Pete would be great. Yeah. yeah. All right, so uh, um, yeah. on, on that, that next week, yeah. On that note, we're gonna be uh, we'll probably be talking about dumb booze stories. Uh, next week's gonna be acceptable ISIS because we had two episodes of Friday Night Party Line in a row. But in the meantime, thank you to George, Chris, Nelson, Cherba, and you will hear from us next week on Acceptable Vices. Good night, everybody. Good. Acceptable Vices is brought to you in part by Jack's Auto Body and Paint, providing automotive repair and award-winning paintwork for car lovers in the San Fernando Valley and beyond. For more information, call 818-951-5996. That's 818-951-5996.